You can hit infinity right in the center. We are all brought to this earth for a purpose. Oftentimes, we find ourselves lost when searching for the meaning. The Seven Mile Man will show you the way to become a better man, a better father, a better husband, a better business leader, a better employee, a better man in your community. Welcome to the Seven Mile Welcome back to the 7 Mile Man Podcast. I am Alex Benson, your host and founder of the show. I am excited for today's conversation. I have uh, Adam Wegman, who is a part of a men's group that I'm part of, and had an incredible video that he posted the other day, and we're going to be hitting the hard issues today. We're going to be talking about the dangers of pornography for your relationship. So no better way, I guess, to start off the new year with hitting hard issues and hitting them head on. So I hope you guys are excited for this conversation. Uh, There's a lot of power in this message. Before we get started, I want to remind you guys to check out www.7mileman.com for all the latest of what we have coming up. And also check out the 7 Mile Man Awakening if you are a gentleman and would like to check out a private men's group where we talk about all issues uh, having to do with fatherhood, uh, husbandry, being a man in your community, being a business leader, Whatever it is that you're looking for, uh, we approach it uh, oftentimes from a perspective of faith. So if you'd like to come and check that out, I invite you to come and do that. Uh, For the ladies, if you'd like to check out a women's only group, it is the Modern Lady Lifestyle Crew that is run by my wife. And she's got some incredible things going on in that group, so I invite you to check that out. Uh, Also, don't miss the Fox and Wolf show that is being released. It's my wife and her friend Guna are doing uh, their very own show. It has to do with marketing and all things having to do with marketing and branding and running business. So if that's something you're interested in, check out my wife and her friend Guna online. So without further ado, guys, let's get into the show. Uh, do keep an eye out for all the new things that we have coming up. I promise you there is going to be leaps and bounds this year with how this show is going to go. And I am excited to help grow this. So share this with your friends. Share this with your coworkers. Leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast as well, but share this out with your friends and your family. There's going to be powerful messages coming up, and I promise you I've got some heavy-hitting guests all year. Thank you. Welcome back to the 7 Mile Man podcast. My guest today is Mr. Adam Wegman. Uh, Adam is part of a men's group that I'm that I'm in and had a uh, watched a video that he did, and I just was blown away by his honesty and the power of his message. So I had to bring him on and share his story with you guys um, and just let him let him show what his story is and talk about the ministry that he's working on. Uh, Adam's also the goldsmith and jeweler at the uh, W Designs and Stone House Jewelers and does some beautiful work. I'm going to have to probably pick some stuff up for my wife after I went and showed her through. So Adam, welcome, man. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I just I had to have you on. Uh, I mean, just an incredible story. The the truth, the, the the truth, the honesty, the rawness of your story is kind of what we're about here. You know, with Seven Mile Man, we're about serving people, um, and and what you had to to share with everybody, and on such a hard hitting topic, um, you know, your open honesty with it. 
was just absolutely touching. And you were reading through the comments, everyone's like, boom, boom, thank you so much. Like, wow, that's incredible. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you, you know, thank you for bringing this to light because it's an issue that I struggle with. You know, all of that. I mean, everybody was so impacted by it. And that's, you know, that's what we're about here, having an impact on others um, through through our service. So um, Adam actually shared a video about his struggles with pornography in his marriage. And uh, that was... Just, I mean, just a whole story about everything that he went through from, you know, the time that he was young to uh, meeting his wife and all of that. He's talked about his whole struggle with that. So, Adam, if you'd love to give us, I'd like to give us a little bit of background. I know it started kind of young for you when you first encountered um, pornography itself. Yeah, man. Um, actually, it's funny because uh, prior to doing that video, my wife, is. we were talking before we went to bed and she goes, you know, you should do do that live video because I mentioned that I was planning on doing something. And so I just sat down and started, you know, telling my story. It ended up being around 21 minutes long. And I thought, wow, that got pretty long for a live video. <laughs> and uh, you're saying it, uh, I was just shocked with all the comments and the, you know, the, me the private messages I got afterwards too was uh, pretty crazy. So I know it's a story that um, it touches almost everyone, especially men. And it, um, specifically, I speak to men of faith, you know, men who love the Lord and they find themselves in this bondage to lust and pornography. And it becomes a shame, a shame thing. So nobody wants to talk about it. it it's really the elephant in the room in every church. It's, uh, you know, it's almost in every marriage. Somebody, they've dealt with it at some point. And, you know, there, there was a guy, his quote was, I, he was a counselor for, uh, for marriages and he said i no longer ask if pornography is an issue in the marriage but now i ask how much of a problem is it in the marriage sure and and uh that really just just hit me but yeah like you're saying i'll just get into my story a little bit well, yeah i mean absolutely uh, and just to, to your point you know there is actually you know psychologists and things like that marriage counselors that are, are not of faith and things like that that actually use pornography as a way to try to spice up someone's marriage and, and not understanding those damaging effects, it's something that was used to be extremely common. Um, but, you know, pornography itself has, you know, you mentioned in your video, has very damaging effects on the development of your brain. And the way that you are able to be aroused, the way that you're able to be in relationships, but also just the, the, the overall development of your brain. And I think, you know, it goes, it goes extremely far. My wife's done a lot of research on the topic as well. Um, but yeah, if you could share with us kind of where, where your story kind of started and, and how, you know, how things kind of progressed to where they got to. Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't think my story is all that uncommon, to be honest. I just happen to be the one talking about it. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, I mean, growing up, I was young, I don't know, five or six, and I found some magazines at our house that my dad had, and uh, I was just fascinated. And, you know, curiosity and and those types of things. So... From there, I, I was always kind of, I never struggled with um, alcohol or drugs or, you know, high-risk behaviors, but I was drawn to the lust and pornography, and that was the sin that, you know, I was prone to. So when, uh, you know, throughout high school, it was an issue, but this is back before the internet was big. Sure. You know, I, grad I graduated in 99, so it was, we didn't even have a computer at our house, so it was videos or whatever. And magazines, but now you know, obviously, that's 
far different because oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean anybody i mean you click of a button and you can pull up pornography in anywhere any way shape and form you want you want pictures yeah. you want i mean you can you can pretty much just go ahead and, and fine tune what it is you're looking for and, and you can find anything that you know that you never thought that you could find you know basically that's what pornography has done is the access to to that type of illicit material um that type of lust and and sin you can you can design how you want it. It's it's gotten gotten out of control for sure. It's a, I mean, basically, from what I understood, the internet is basically ninety percent pornography. So think about all the stuff that you see on the internet, all the stuff that we have access to, all the information that we have on the, you know, it's about ninety percent pornography. Is the, the the traffic on the internet? That is insane. I never heard that stat before, but I I can imagine that's probably true. Um, yeah, I know. I did hear something about when the iPhone came out. I think it was during Christmas time, you know, back several years ago, and 75% of all web searches were pornographic, yeah. <laughs> you know, right after that came out. So definitely rings true. Yeah, and I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's story, I mean, everyone who's struggled with, with pornography and, and lust, I think that that story of finding, you know, dad's magazines or your uncle's magazines or videos or, you know, whatever, you're over at a buddy's house, and I remember being over at a buddy's house at like eight or nine, and he popped some video on that he had that his dad had or whatever you know that was that's pretty much how we all discovered it i think yep exactly and i've noticed too it's kind of a generational thing uh you know with those generational curses that the bible talks about um i definitely think that rings true for uh, for my background and something that i am steadfastly you know wanting to break with me as the last generation of that in my family so my boys don't struggle with the same things i did um, so yeah, but to continue on with my story, it was, so during high school, you know, I struggled and, uh, I don't know how detailed I should get my story. I think I left out some of it, even on that 21 minute video. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, feel free, man. I mean, we're, you know, we've got a 45 minute conversation. We can fill it in however you want. Oh, yeah, right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, so during high school, you know, it was an issue and whatever, but like I said, the access wasn't what it is today. So it wasn't. You know, it was one of those once a month, once a month type of things. And, uh, but at the time I had my, I grew up Catholic. So I went to a Catholic church and that's how my family raised me. But then a bunch of my buddies at, at school, they continuously asked me to go to church with them, you know, to their youth group. And I'm thinking, man, this is weird. What are those guys so excited about going to church for? Cause that wasn't, you know, how my church was. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, Finally, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go. And my parents said, yeah, that's fine. So they brought me to uh, an e-free youth conference. And I saw everyone getting excited about God. And uh, I'm just like, whoa, I'm definitely missing something in my life. I don't quite understand this. And so they kept inviting me to things. And praise the Lord, I had this group of guy friends. And uh, actually, the church they were attending I met a beautiful young lady who ended up becoming my wife later, but that's where I met her is at that youth group. And um, at 16, I went to a conference uh, or it was like a retreat deal. And uh, I was just sitting there listening to the presenter speak and preach the word. And it was literally like, I'm just going to get into my faith story for background Yeah, absolutely. Here. Please. Yeah. Um, but it was literally like there was no one else there. And I was the only one in the room. He was talking to me specifically. And my heart was just like, boom, pounding out of my chest. And, you know, he kind of had an altar call type thing where he's like, you know, and if you're sitting here 
and you feel like I'm just talking to you, you probably that's probably the Holy Spirit prompting you, you know, to make a decision here to to change your life around. And I'm like, whoa, you know. So and I was very very shy um, in high school, very reserved. I would not be the first one to raise my hand or do anything like that. And at the time, I couldn't help myself but stand up to be prayed over and to accept the Lord. So that was that's kind of my salvation background at 16. Awesome. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, from there, it what that wasn't the end of the struggle with pornography. Oh, sure. And I think, yeah, and that's the point I kind of want to get across because a lot of people think, well, I'm saved or or I go to church or whatever it is that shouldn't affect me, and it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, so, yeah, so I ended up going to college. It continuously was a problem then and got engaged to my girlfriend. Then, you know, at the time, at that time, you know, in my early 20s, of course, hormones are raging and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm engaged and whatnot. So it was even a, a, a larger struggle at that point. And the lie I kept believing was that as soon as I get married, this will all go away. I won't struggle with this at all because then I'll be fulfilled in that in the sexual way with my sure. wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's very common with most single guys. They think that's going to take care of the issue. Well, and then and then there's a other group of guys that just don't think that there's any problem with pornography itself. You know, they just they don't they don't see an issue with it. They don't see how that how damaging it can be to their relationships. And I'm sure if they took a deeper look at it, they'd see they'd see that it was. And but back to your point about after you were saved, that all of a sudden you know people think that like their issues are going to kind of go away. Is that the <laughs> okay? Go see mama. The uh, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, the you know this idea that okay, well, all my sins are going to be washed away, so it's okay. Well, no, that's not the way it works, and it's also um, this idea of you know if you love the Lord, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and and that yeah. idea, and people take that the wrong way. They say, okay, well, I I love him, so I'm going to keep my commandments. It's not a it's not a threat. It's it's him. It's a promise. It's him giving a promise to us that hey, he's not saying hey, if you love me, you'd keep my commandments. He's saying, hey, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In other words, that he'll help you with the struggles that you go through and the commandments that you struggle with. You'll you'll grow through those things as part of your, your faith. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. And also, he gives us the power to overcome those things. Absolutely. You know, that's part of the promise as well. Um, but that's not always easy. <laughs> right, sure. Thing. No, and that's, yeah. that's it. And everyone has their, their own different struggles that they go through and... But, but that's the idea is that you can work through these struggles, you know, with your faith, with, with leaning on, on the word of, of God, um, whatever it is that's your, your choice. Again, you know, I, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, and this is kind of the perspective that we come from. But I also want to reach to people and say, listen, if you're not a Christian, if you're leaning on just yourself, find something bigger than that. Find something bigger than yourself. Find something more powerful than just yourself or another person. You know, whatever that is for you. You know, that's that's not my place to, to throw that at you. I believe in God. I hope, you know, I believe in Jesus, and I hope other people will too. But find something more than just yourself or another person to rely on because it's not going to be enough. When you're struggling through something, you are never going to be enough to struggle through something on your own without having something to lean on. Absolutely. That's a great point. And here's the weird thing. Here's the very interesting thing, interesting thing about pornography 
it's not illegal. Sure. So yeah. if you're into drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever the deal is, well, those things, you know, obviously alcohol is not illegal, but you can definitely get in trouble with it because you can, you know, get There's in a wreck certain or certain legalities behind, yeah. Yeah, and and drugs obviously are illegal, and then you know you can get thrown into prison. There's actual physical repercussions on this earth um, through the the legal system, you know, for those substances. Whereas pornography, there's not. There, it's just free for all, free access to everything. So that it gives a skewed view of what it is that it must not be harmful to me. And you know, I guess it's okay because it's not illegal. And I think that's kind of the mentality people have towards it too. Yeah, it's a desensitization. You know, we, we have this whole culture of, you know, you look in the magazines and stuff like that, even non, non-pornographic non magazines, the amount of illicit material, um, you know, that you have access to, even through just a, a non-pornographic magazine and, and through what's on television, what's on movies, all of that, um, it's it's all out there. And so we're kind of desensitized to it, sort of like we are with violence, you know, we're desensitized right. to, to some of these things. Yeah, that's a great point. The desensitization is huge because we see it every day. Um, yeah, so, well, we ended up getting married and um, the, within the first year, I was bringing that stuff into the bedroom, you know, and you know, obviously looking back, I wish I had, hadn't done that, but it's part of my story. And my wife was uncomfortable with it, but she, you know, just kind of wanted to go along with it to, to get along, so to say. And, uh, but then it progressively got where she was feeling, um, you know, basically like she wasn't enough because yeah. of all the, the images and all the stuff that was, you know, portrayed through those things. And she wanted nothing to do with it at all. Sure. And so when I continued, <laughs> you know, that's where a big rift came and I, and what you mentioned too, a desensitization um, is a real thing. You know, our brains are reprogrammed by seeing those images over and over and over again. And so you end up needing, just like any drug, the first time you do it, you'll get the fix or the high or the, you know, you'll right. get drunk or whatever it is. And then it takes more and more and more. And it's exactly the same thing with pornography. It's sure. exciting the first time. Yeah. And then your brain is like, okay, I'm used to that. And then it takes more and deeper and deeper it perfects and your soon, ability to perform in general. I mean, just absolutely overall. I mean, you don't get the the head, the fire up, the head start, or whatever, or you know, it gets you to the point where you know, basically, you're not about the intimacy of the relationship, and that's the thing in the relationship. There's an intimacy there, and pornography is not about an intimacy. It's it you know, it's not about that. And so when you bring that into the bedroom with you, and you bring that into your marriage, um, you know, you're lacking that intimacy. You're lacking the ability to perform or, you know, the performance is, is lacking and different. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, you just, you struggle overall with the connection of what, um, you know, sex is intended to, to be what it's, what it's for, what the purpose that it serves in your relationship. You lack, you lack that ability to have that when you bring the pornography into it. Oh, absolutely. You're right about that. And there, you know, for those people who are listening, who aren't uh, affiliated with any sort of faith, there is scientific facts to back this stuff up too. Uh, the rewiring of the brain also that you need more and more to get aroused. Um, and there are certain endorphins and pleasure centers that are lit up when you're with your spouse, a committed relationship versus by yourself or with just a one night stand or any of those kinds of things. So 
to say this is a religious issue is looking past right. you know the real the real deal. So. Sure, I mean the scientific part of it as well. I mean, there's also an escalation of behavior as well, sort of like there is with a drug or an alcohol. There's an escalation of behavior where the type of pornography isn't enough, and so you move on to something a little bit more twisted, if you will. You know, and a little bit more twisted, and a little bit more twisted, and and there's actually research about. Um, serial killers, basically, I mean, to go to the very far extreme, having addiction with pornography very young. Um, Absolutely. And there, and that's that's where, I mean, so for the people who are saying this is a religious issue, there are scientific facts that go behind this. If you don't want to play into the religious part of this, that's cool, I understand, I get it. Um, but scientifically speaking, there are, there's plenty of research out there that can just blow your mind away about this issue and, and how you view this issue. Oh, absolutely. And kind of piggybacking on that, there's been so much in the news lately about pedophilia and about uh, sex trafficking and modern day slavery. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's all, that all centers around pornography. I mean, the films, I mean, the desensitization, like you talked about, uh, there's some real nasty stuff going on out there and the pornography industry feeds right into that. Sure. And absolutely. I don't think a lot of people don't see that, but, well, and there's and, and now even with this AI, there's people who are using this AI as a as a way to get crack into the pornography industry. I mean, basically now there's a there's a brothel in an area that's basically all these different dolls, and and that's it. It's not even real people. It's these these dolls, and they're working on putting AI into these into these dolls as well. And it's just absolutely mind blowing. And it's your to your point about sex trafficking, there are more slaves sex slaves out there now than there ever were here in america that we had for slavery there's more sex slaves across the world right now um than there were during during the time of slavery here and that's an issue that you don't hear much about um ryan on his podcast spoke to uh spoke to someone i believe uh about about the the program um is it operation underground railroad i don't know if you've heard of that yep. it's to free the sex sex trafficking so ryan mintclair from Order of Man um, was was speaking of that. So, yeah, that's wild. I know even just locally where I'm at, <laughs> there was a conference for uh, sheriffs and police officers and whatever at one of the resorts in my area, and they were demonstrating how you can uh, crack down on that on sex trafficking. So they ended up setting up a false um, Facebook profile, or maybe it was on Craigslist. I can't mm -hmm. recall. And actually, right there in the conference, they were able to uh trap, i don't know what the right trap term someone. is coerce. yeah of course yeah. trap trap someone yeah, yeah. into yeah exactly yeah. they were able to trap and they took down like five or six people at the conference yeah. that they were just demonstrating how it can be done they actually did it right there so and that's just in my i'm in a town tiny little area here where no one thinks anything like that happens sure. so it's really literally everywhere yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's absolutely insane. So, so now, um, you know, your wife's your wife's now in you know in the picture here. The uh, it's brought into the bedroom. She's not down with it. It's it's affecting your relationship. Well, where do we where do we go from here? What was the next step in in the relationship here? Yeah. So you know, to be honest, I my view, the portion of our marriage where all this stuff was going on is very muddled in my mind i know we were separated three different times and i i was talking to her about that today and i got my timelines wrong <laughs> and i'm like i better get this stuff right but it was yeah the second year of our marriage we ended up getting separated uh so i could get some help basically mm -hmm. so i moved in with a friend 
Um, and I, you know, spent, I can't remember how long there, a few months. And he's like, you know, I really think you should move out. And so at the time I was reading books and I really didn't have an accountability partner. And my wife was at our house that we owned. So another buddy said, you can stay with me. So I moved in with him and he was kind of my accountability partner. Um, and he was a great guy and, you know, another Christian guy and we prayed together and things like that, but it wasn't, my heart was just hardened towards everything where I was like, you know, is this a big deal? I don't know. I mean, we're, we're separated, but I, I couldn't find a way out. You right. Know? You it weren't was like, I was, you weren't kind of working towards anything there. It was just kind of a, a, a situation where you're separated. You know, you guys are kind of praying about it, talking about it, but there was no real like workshopping on it, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. It was like a timeout, yeah. you know, it was a marriage timeout. And I did read books and, you know, talk to people about it and whatnot, but I wasn't extremely serious. Like I didn't realize the ramifications of what was going on. I just thought, well, you know, most guys struggle with this. Cause that's what I kept hearing <coughs> from everyone. And, which is the case, but it doesn't make it right at the same time. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And so from there, we, uh, we actually were going to get divorced. It was, it was pretty bad. And so I went to the courthouse, got the stack of papers, you know, I went over to meet with her at the house. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's divide the stuff up. I was kind of like, I kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm fine with nothing. I, I don't really need anything. You can have the house and everything else. And that's kind of place I was at. And bless her heart. She said, you know, I think working through this marriage is going to be easier than working through a divorce. And she started crying and I was like, all right, <laughs> I think you're right. You know, you're probably right. That will be a lot easier than working through a divorce. So we made a commitment to work through it. And, um, you know, she definitely kept her end of the bargain with that, having a lot of grace with me during that time. And I found myself just struggling, you know, continuously struggling. And so uh, and I, I, like I said, the timelines are kind of fuzzy for me. I don't remember how much further along it was, but it was another period of time. And we ended up separating again because of what was going on. And, um, and that time we had just moved from, I should back up. So, okay. I, I came back and met with her and we decided let's do this marriage again. And I think this was seven years into our marriage or so now, um, and so we renewed our vows. So we kind of did another wedding ceremony, renewed awesome. our vows. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. It was amazing. And at the same time, we ended up moving out of the city we were in and she ended up purchasing a building and opening her dream business that she's always wanted to do that the Lord has placed on her heart. And so we're renovating that and, and whatnot. But during that time, I again was back looking at pornography again. And to be totally transparent, I never really stopped. I mean, I was sat for a month or a couple months. Sure. And, and yet, you know, I would fall back into it. And so at this point, you know, she just asked me, Hey, are you, are you looking at that again? And I said, yeah, you know, I, I am. She goes, seriously, you know, you can't, we just renewed our vows. <laughs> what are you doing? You know? And, uh, yeah, it was just a really low point because I honestly, like you mentioned earlier, I love the Lord, but I found myself just fighting against the flesh so often and giving into it over and over and over again, because that was my old pattern and I didn't know how to break free from it. So we ended up separating. So, um, and during that time I had started meeting with this guy and he was taking me through a book where, uh, it was all 
based on scripture, but it's how to get free from the bondage of pornography and how to, um, how to be accountable too. So I was accountable to this guy for 60 days straight and it went pretty well, but I, I didn't really find that anything was really different within me. It was just, you know, I did this course and I was free for a while. Sure. Yeah. And you didn't, you didn't really feel different from it. It just, you, you felt kind of temporarily freed from the issue and, and well, and one of the the big things that it, it causes is it causes major trust issues between you know, your wife and, and yourself. And I'm sure that there was a, a, a massive period of having to try to rebuild trust every time. And then every time that it happened again, and you had, I'm sure you had the guilt behind it every time you did it. And then the, uh, the guilt when she would ask you and you'd, and you'd fess up and tell the truth and, and, you know, her finding out. And that's, so the, these damaging issues to your relationship over and over again, with the trust, because it's viewed, you know, especially for, uh, and this is where I'll put bring you know the Christian perspective into it. It's also definitely viewed as um, cheating on your wife. It's it's lusting after another person, and 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 so you know my wife views it that way, and you know I view it that way as well. That it's it's cheating on your spouse to look at this, you know, look at these images and have those lustful thoughts because you know there I mean we could go through scriptures over and over again I'm sure you you know them all too but I mean we could go through the scriptures over and over again about how it's it's cheating so then there's all of this damage control and repair that needs to be done to your relationship as well so you were accountable to this guy for about 60 days but then you didn't really feel anything different after that yeah and you know you nailed it with the yeah the guilt and shame and the trust I mean Man, the trust it was just a wreck for a long time. And to be honest, we're still working on some trust issues sure. because of all those years, you know. And, um, yeah, just I, I didn't recognize the depth of the hurt I was placing on my wife through all this stuff. I mean, the depth, it shook her to the core. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, he forgot to pick up, a hand, you know, something at the store. It's right. like it's a, it's a major uh, trust factor, obviously, like you said, it's, it, that's how we view it as well yeah. as infidelity. Right. So, you know, that's a huge trust deal, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I spent 90 days with, or 60 days, uh, doing accountability with that guy. I ended up moving back in with my wife and, you know, some period of time later, same thing again. And, but this time it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Sure. So I should back up a little bit. Prior to this, when we had that stack of divorce papers, we had gone to counseling, too, because I'm sure people are thinking, well, why don't you guys go to counseling <coughs> and work some of this stuff out, you know? Yeah. And we did. We went through a lot of counseling, Christian counselors and pastors. And it was interesting, um, I'll have to say. More often than not, it was there was some, some level of justification for my behavior from either the counselor or the pastor. And number two, we had a few of them tell us just to get divorced because it was too far gone. Yeah. And yeah. So it was, it, I look back and I'm really disappointed. Sure. The, in some of the counseling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know a pastor out there, you know, biblically speaking, um, infidelity is one of the reasons why they would allow divorce, that the divorce would be allowed. Um, but that's, you know, it's not something that it's like, okay, well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Why don't you guys go ahead and get divorced? That's that's, that's going to be my recommendation for you. Well, no, I mean, the recommendation <laughs> is always to try to work through 
the issues and, and solve the issues and, and have a successful marriage. Yeah. And you know, I think they saw us as just two very, very broken people. And they're like, man, I don't even know where to begin with you guys. You know, maybe the best thing is to do is just walk away. I think that's where they were coming from because they saw the brokenness, especially within my wife from, from my continuation of what I was doing. And then they saw me and my hardness of heart. They're like, okay, seriously, uh, you know, what are you guys doing? So I, you know, I guess I can see that perspective on it, but, um, yeah, so I moved back in and sometime later, again, the same thing happened, uh, pornography, you know, was an issue again. So this, this time was different though, because, um, it, well, I ended up moving out and it was like three or four weeks and my wife was like, and I was actually staying at her place of business. That's where I was sleeping. So it was just a mess, you know, I'd have to, sure. there was Anyway, I won't go into details, but it was not the ideal situation. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you, yeah. I mean, in the morning you'd have to pack yourself up and get out yep. of the way so she could have do business and yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it was a mess. And so, um, and then a buddy offered me to, that I could sleep on his couch, <clears throat> but that influence wasn't very good on me either. Um, it, so anyway, she, my wife was like, you know, this just isn't working out. You got to there's gotta be something drastic that would happen here. And so she goes, okay, this guy that you, you did the accountability with before I call him, and he's willing to take you under his wing for a week straight. I want you to go down there and just spend a week with them. And at this time, I'm just like, you know, like I was saying before, my heart was so hard. I, I just, I did, I kind of gave up on everything. I'm just like, whatever. And I had a business too. And I just kind of, I just kind of gave up on life. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do or what's going on, but yeah, I don't really care. You know, that's kind of what I told her. I'm not going to see this guy. This is just who I am. I'm just, I'm a mess. And this is the way it is. And she, you know, she goes, no, you need to go. And she's, she's very convincing when she is, you know, relentless and she believes in something. And finally, you know, she's like, but you have to call him and set it up. So finally one day I just said, fine, you know, and I called him. He goes, okay, get down here on Monday. Or I think it was Sunday. It was a Sunday. He said, okay, get down here on Sunday. What time do you think you'll be here? And I said, three o'clock. I think that's what time it was, three o'clock or so. He goes, okay, I'll see you then. And so before I left, I had breakfast with my wife. And she said, you're going to leave your cell phone with me. And all you can take is your Bible and some clothes. <laughs> and so I felt stripped, you know. I'm like, right. what? I can't have my phone, you know. And, um, and I... I'm a jeweler, like you mentioned. So I had a jewelry job. I had to drop off at my aunt's place on my way to this guy's house, which was like three hours away. So I just moseyed my way down there. I dropped off the jewelry job. I took my ever loving time, you know, made multiple stops. Finally got to this guy's place at like five 30. And I told him I was going to be there around three. So I was two and a half hours late. And the first thing he said to me was, you said you were going to be here at three o'clock and it's five 30. I'm not happy about that. You have to hold true to your word. That's yeah. one of the first steps we're going to work on here. So it was good because he held me accountable from the very first moment I got there. And, uh, you know, man, this guy has become a mentor to me and really changed my life around. The Lord really spoke through him to me during that week. So, yeah, so no, I didn't have a, a phone, no computer, no television. It was just me, this guy, and the Bible and a bunch of Christian books, basically on the subject for a week straight. Well, right, and yeah, and you were saying before in the in the uh, 
in the video you did about how basically, you know, this guy left to go to work. You had tasks of basically making sure there was food ready for him and dishes, you know, dishes were done and, and then you were to read and you had all these different books to read, but you had time with the Lord at this point and, and time to spend in silence away from all distractions. Um, and so, you know, I'm, you know, I know it's your faith and, you know, your work in the Bible and your mentorship with this guy and the accountability to him, but also the accountability to the Lord that's really changed your changed your heart in this matter. And what do you think there was like one moment during the week that was like, that's it. OK, I I feel different. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if there was an exact moment, but there's definitely a change from day one to day seven. Um a couple things were, were um, yeah, like you mentioned, he's like, here are the ground rules is what he told me. So I'm going to go to work. You're going to get up at 6. You're not going to sleep past 6 o'clock. And when I get home, you have to have dinner ready, and you're going to do all the dishes. And, you know, so basically I was like a stay-at-home mom yeah. <laughs> for for that time period, you know. But but it was good because he, he showed me you have to be disciplined and yeah. you have to hold true to your word. You know, he held me accountable to that stuff. So that was awesome. And so, you know, what I was doing a lot of was um, being, um, what I found myself doing during all the background stuff was I was blaming my wife for a lot of my issues. And so that's where everything was skewed in my mind. And I was thinking, well, if she would just do this or if she would just do that, things would be a lot better. And so I put a lot of blame on her and hardly any on myself. And that's where I, why I found myself in such a bad situation. I was never looking at myself and saying, well, you know, I had admit, I would admit, yeah, I have a problem. But it was never like I wouldn't fully take the weight of that and feel the guilt, feel the shame, and feel that sin on my heart. Instead, I would displace a lot of it and put it on her. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that week when I was there, that's what changed. Is that one one of the days in particular? I remember I took a, a sheet of paper and notebook, and I wrote down all of my faults, all of my sins, all of my failures, and you know I came up with over a hundred different sins that I was guilty of, and uh, multiple other things. And then I prayed through every single one of those. Yeah, asking for forgiveness and repenting, and man. You know, it sounds very depressing, but it was the most freeing time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's taking taking a moment to look at each and everything that you've done wrong. And, you know, when you speak about repenting and asking for forgiveness, you not only have to ask God for forgiveness, but you have to ask the person who you sinned against as well for forgiveness. It's 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 God, the person, and then yourself. Um, and that's, that's kind of the thing. But we're running short on time here, man. I know you've oh, got yeah, a family yeah. that's looking for you. I've got a family upstairs looking for me as well. I just want to ask you kind of a couple more things. Um, first thing I want to ask you about is I know that you mentioned that your wife and yourself have been doing a ministry leading towards this. Where can people connect with um, this ministry on dealing with issues surrounding pornography, addiction in their in their marriage? Yeah, so they can go on Facebook. That's all we have currently is a Facebook page. It's called Haven House Ministries, and I think it's Haven House Ministries dash the Wegmans. So, okay. Uh, that's how you can find it. Or, um, you know, Adam Wegman on Facebook, you can find me there too. Um, so, yeah, the ministry page is just a series of stories, encouragement, a little bit of our story. We actually have a YouTube channel or a YouTube video linked in there too, and it tells uh, an in-depth story that we spoke at a church 
and you can watch our testimony on there awesome. too. Awesome. I mean, I'd love to hear your wife's perspective on everything as well, because that that the uh, the perspective of the other side of this, and like I said, yeah. the, the trust is the most difficult part of all of this. You know, um, you know, one of the things that we do for our our family and trust in our family is that. My wife's got access to my phone, my social media accounts, my email. She's I've got access to all of her stuff as well, you know, any messengers, you know, social media, anything, you know, Instagram, and that's a way to build trust inside inside of a home is just this open book of like what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine and you know, there's nothing to hide here in in either, you know, in either thing, the phone, the computer, the email, the uh, you know, Facebook, the Instagram, whatever. Um, but the, I think the hardest part about trust is that your actions are what rebuilds trust, but you have to be willing to basically submit yourself to the other person and their needs because it's them you've hurt, it's them you've harmed, it's their trust you've lost. So then it's you have to submit yourself to them and say, I'll do what you need me to do. You know, show me the, tell me the actions you need from me and. And not just my words, but show me the actions you need from me so I can regain your trust and, and build this, this trust up. So I'm yeah, sure absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to hear the, the perspective of your wife and some of the struggles you guys have gone through with, with some of that as well. Um, you know, this point now, it's been, it wasn't until after, I'm going to kind of finish the, the story up here a little bit from what I heard from the video, but it wasn't until after you were done with this gentleman um, all this time in your marriage, you guys had had, it was about, what, seven years in your marriage? Yep. And you had not had children. And it wasn't that you weren't trying, you were kind of not not trying, you know. Um, some precautions that you guys had taken not to get not to get pregnant per se, but just kind of watch the cycle, I think you said. Um, but a month after you finished with this, and this change in your heart, this 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 feeling that you had, this this release of all of this, it was a month after that you were pregnant with your first child, correct? Yeah, yep, absolutely. So, and now you guys have three, two, is it two boys and a girl or two girls and a boy? Yeah, a boy and two girls. A yep. boy and two girls, yeah. So, and that, and they're all under four, correct? Actually, you know what? I just messed that up. Oh. <laughs> Our oldest is a girl and we have two younger boys. Okay, it's girl, boy, boy, yeah. <laughs> girl, boy, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they're, they're uh, seven, five, and three. Seven, five, and three, yeah. And my, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I've got the nine six, four and 20 months here. So, you know, oh, right it's, yeah. So, you know, but you, you were able to, they're all real close together in age and obviously there's a lot of trust to be rebuilt. And I think the point that I want to really make to people is that when you damage someone's trust, there is something that you can do to rebuild it. And there are ways to rebuild it. And again, it's that, that you have to release part of your, you know, you have to release the issue obviously and work through that issue, which, which you've done. And the ministry that you guys have, I think, is an incredible resource to people. Um, but then from there, the trust, as you're rebuilding it, you're never going to build it back up to exactly what it was before. And I think that's something important that people need to understand is when you damage someone's trust, they're not going to ever have the same level of trust for you again. But certainly, there can be some sort of reconciliation to, to, to the issues. And obviously, you're an example of that to be you know, what now, 14, almost 15 years into your marriage now? Yep, we'll be married 16 years this summer. Yeah, so, so and, and that's that's the thing. You, As you build, and, and you guys, I'm sure, talk a lot about this in, in, in part of your, your ministry with this, is, is trust, obviously, is going to be a huge part of um, what you guys speak about in your ministry, or? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and 
like to piggyback on what you're saying, there's a, a high level of humility and of uh, bringing yourself low and yeah. just realizing that, you know what, I can't have any pride. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, pride cannot exist in me because of, because of all the things that I've done and I need to rebuild trust. So, and that, that humility though, I don't, there can't be a false sense of humility where you can do it on your own. There's no way a person can humble themselves enough to, uh, to build that trust again. But all like for me, my story is only through the Lord that he bring me to that place. And so I agree with you hundred percent on the, the trust building, but it takes uh, humility. Oh, yeah, you gotta, and it takes, yeah. Yeah, take yeah, it takes your, so much grace too from the other person. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, take your pride and your ego and stuff it in your back pocket. But then, yeah, yeah you have to have that grace from that other per person. And and for people, um, grace. I think the important definition to get out there is grace is unmerited favor. So it's it's unearned, it's unearned favor, unearned you know goodness towards you. And and that's it. When you're trying to rebuild trust, that grace that you're getting from someone, that unearned trust that unearned favor is is what is what they have for you and if they have that grace for you and you've got that humility in your and you've took you've taken your pride and you've shoved it in your back pocket and and you know lowered yourself down um that's that's the way towards it but um yeah man i just the other thing i wanted to give you a, a chance to say is where can people go and check out your jewelry i think it's absolutely incredible my wife loves it um, I'm in trouble. We're probably going to have to buy some stuff here from you. Uh, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful work. If you want to uh, tell people where they can find that, that would be great as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wdesignsjewelry.com is my website. So it's just the letter W then designs, plural jewelry.com. And, uh, one thing that ties into all of this is I would pray through Ephesians, putting on the armor of God every day. And so the shield of faith is what really stuck out to me as used to as a defense against, you know, the attacks that will come daily. So what I'm wearing now, I don't know if you can see it, but this is my yeah. prototype of the shield of faith pendant. I don't know if that shows Beautiful. up yeah. on my web. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of my interpretation of what the shield of faith looks like. And so then I have some of those on my website as well. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, people can reach out to, to Adam. You can find his work. He not only has jewelry for women, but also has... You know some beautiful stuff on there um, for guys. I've never been much of a, a of a wearer of jewelry, but I I love that necklace. It's it's awesome. I love the idea, the the thing behind it. My last question to you is is kind of one of the the one I've asked everybody is, what does service mean to you? Well, um, I guess service to me would mean humbly giving yourself up for another. And there is no cost too great, especially for your loved ones. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably what I go with on that definition. Oh, man, love it, love it. Well, man, thank you so much for your time. I mean, I know how hard it is this time of night, you know, dinner time. You guys are uh, you're on central time, so dinner time around the house. Um, I know that you've got kids and, and a wife that are waiting for you. I've got the same upstairs. I just want to... Thank you very much for your time and, and, and thank you for, for joining us and telling us your story. And I hope people go and check out the resources that you have available to them. Um, you know, if they're struggling with this issue to, to reach out to you, to reach out to the ministry that you guys have. And, uh, and yeah, thank you for, for the way you show up in the world and the impact you have and, and the time, you know, and thank your wife for the time as well. Cause I know it's, it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, you bet, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right, man. God bless. Thank you. All right. Yep. Bye. Awesome. Bye. So there you have it. That was Mr. Adam Wegman. What a powerful message he had to share with us, guys, about pornography and the dangers that it poses to our relationships and how to work through these types of issues, whether it's through your faith or whether it's through leaning on accountability of somebody else. When we're dealing with these types of issues, we have to understand all of the different aspects that go into this. We are not going to be able to take this head on by ourselves and get through this by ourselves. It is through faith, through accountability, and through grace of our friends and our family and our partners, and through the grace of God that we can get through these things. So again, I hope you guys enjoyed today's message from Adam Wegman. It was incredible. Tune in next week. Uh, we have some more incredible guests coming up. I'm excited to announce that I have Ryan Mickler of the Order of Man podcast. He's been someone that I've followed very closely and am just excited to be able to have a conversation with him. So stay tuned for that. That'll be next week. Again, please subscribe, like, comment, uh, add some value, whatever. Go over to the 7 Mile Man Awakening page. Go over to the 7 Mile Man page. Engage with me over there. Engage with me on my personal page, however you'd like. But this has been another episode of the 7 Mile Man podcast. Until next time, God bless. And remember that the righteous man takes the path of resistance. Serve, preserve, prevail.